You're tuned in to We'll Be Right Black Podcast. I'm Nina. And it's your boy, Frankie. We'll be having fun conversations, diving into the latest social media debates, trending topics, relationships, sports, faith, and whatever else comes up. So kick back and take a listen. And you can join us in the discussion by following us at WBR Black on Instagram and Twitter. And also find us on Facebook at We'll Be Right Black. Hey, what's up? You're tuned in to We'll Be Right Black. I'm Nina. This is your boy Frankie. What it do? Hey, so we are coming at you guys with something a little bit different. I know that normally you all are used to us having some fun dialogues and conversations and things, but we just thought that we needed to kind of take a step back and kind of discuss some of the current events and things that are going on right now in our nation. Yeah, and so, and just to kind of take a peek behind the curtain a little bit. Um, we was thinking about, so I had been wrestling all week with not doing a podcast this week. Um, and that was before all the, all this uproar with the protests and stuff going on. Like this was during the week where I was really just thinking about if we should let the content, we got some really great content out there right now that I just kind of want to let marinate and get people to give a chance to listen to. And so I was kind of I was kind of leaning towards not doing something this upcoming week, and then in light of everything that's been going on over the weekend with the protesting, and it's been just crazy. And and I think you and me, like you and me, woke up Sunday morning. And it was just like we just kind of was just looking at each other. It was like we got to do a podcast. Yeah. Like yeah, it was just, both all one accord. With yeah. That. So yeah. So yeah. Maybe we'll take a break after this, but definitely uh, I feel like this one was necessary it's just it's hard to have the word black in your podcast name and not address absolutely some of this type of stuff you know I think this is where we actually earn our name <laughs> yeah um so yes yeah, so yes yeah, it's, it's really a lot going on it's a lot to unpack here um a lot going on on social media with right now look just want to start by saying that our hearts and prayers and thoughts go out to uh, the victim's family, uh, George Floyd. Um, it's really a travesty that in 2020, this is what we're still dealing with. And so I don't want it to get lost that this is also about his family, but also about everything that's underlying that's causing all these issues that we're having today, some of the stuff we want to address, you know, talk about today. But what's really been going on in my social media, my social media is really where I get most of our content, it's really been, it's really been polarizing. It's really been split, not in terms of protesting. So I think you should back up and kind of give some history about what we're talking about, just to be clear for our listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, yeah, and they've seen the title, so... But yeah, we'll that's what we're getting into now. So, um, as I mentioned, George Floyd's family, um, you know, he was killed. Um, I don't, how do, do you want to describe the events? I don't know how you want to. So, George Floyd, who is a black man, was murdered by a police officer, some would say several police officers, during a, um, attempted arrest um unfortunately george floyd was on the ground as he was um for whatever reason apprehended by the police and was um 
what we believe suffocated by a man who had his knee on his neck and while he was crying out and saying that he couldn't breathe and unfortunately um, passed away and died during that incident. Um, that incident has caused a lot of uproar um, and really has reignited um, a lot of civilians to get um to start having a voice and really reignited the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Um, it really takes me back to a few years ago when, you know, this was going on with Mike Brown and Trayvon Martin and those different things that were happening. We were kind of seeing some of these protests and things happening. So just to kind of get some history, that ha is what has ignited this, this recent event that took place. Um in america in minneapolis yeah and so there's a lot of protesting going across america at this point um some violent but a lot of mostly peaceful um but there's a lot of uproar going on right now and i kind of want to i kind of want to dive in because i and in this conversation can take on a life of its own and branch out to some address some other stuff. I just wanted to get a starting point because right now my as I mentioned my social media is kind of split right now because it's a lot of protesting going on right now and there's some people that's calling for blood and revenge and there's a lot of people that want us to take the more peaceful approach and it's really um, polarizing how people are feeling about this. And I'm not really interested so much in seeing which one is the right form of protest, which one's right, which one's wrong. I, I kind of wanted to dive more into the mindset behind each protest. I think there's interesting things because I think both sides have uh, legitimate points and views and mindsets. Um, and so I kind of want to dive a little bit into that about uh, you know, people's approach with the protest. Because um, you've seen, and maybe everybody's not from where we're from that's listening to this, we're, this is Kansas City that we're in, and so uh, things got pretty intense, to say the least, down at the plaza, where we seen video. We wasn't down there, this happened to take place while we were away on our anniversary. Um, so we wasn't near all of this going on um but yeah this it seems like it got pretty intense with tear gas and a lot of violence and rioting and looting and i don't i don't think it started that way i think the intent in the beginning was to be peaceful and things turned i wasn't there so i can't really speak on exactly how it transpired but it's just a lot of people that's have serious people from the black community I should specify that really just have um, really serious and passionate thoughts behind our approach with the protests and I'm just wondering kind of what were your thoughts about what took place over the weekend here did you have any in particular well um, I'm gonna speak about the things that I saw and over and you know saw in the media and in social media about the protests 
not just here but in other places as well you know we saw that things got pretty hectic in in atlanta things are still conspiring over in la like there's a lot happening there's a lot of cities issuing curfews and things like that to keep people um in their homes after a certain time during the day um i'll say this i understand the feelings of people who want to have a peaceful protest i understand the feelings of people who are tired of having peaceful protests and feel like it's i have to get attention wherever i can and so i think that um you have a combination of feelings and when you keep backing people into a corner eventually people are going to fight back you know it's kind of that fight or flight mentality and some people are willing to still stick it out with the peaceful protest and I respect and commend that Um, but I also feel and understand the emotions and the anger that people have who who don't necessarily want to go the peaceful protest approach and regardless of if you agree with it or not I think you have to understand where it stems from and where it comes from Um, but also if you don't agree with it I'd rather for you to help do something about it than to run your mouth and to ridicule people on social media. And so that's where my um, frustration comes. Um, it's just, you know, having an opinion without ever wanting to be a part of the solution. So, yes, we did see some things get pretty hectic here in Kansas City um, at the Country Club Plaza, which in itself is an area of a lot of controversy. Just, you know, with Kansas City has a long history of redlining and things like that, you know. So, that is a central place. I think we have to be cognizant of, like, areas that we're in when things Mm -hmm. erupt, you know. Like, there is already a lot of feelings harbored about this area in our city so um, I think that I agree a lot of people went out with the intention on Saturday to have a peaceful protest Um, you know they closed down the local shops in that area um, to provide an opportunity for people to protest and things did get hectic I've been reading some comments and different things from people that were there that say that Yes, there were people in the crowd that agitated, but it wasn't anything to rise to the level of violence from the police and from authority. So I think when we start talking about violence, what are we talking about? Are we talking about from people who are partaking in the protests or are we talking about from um, authority figures and the police? Yeah, that's um, yeah, because I don't I don't know who started it like because I've also seen one person say that you know the people were kind of provoking the it was one it was kind of one of those where it's like you poked a bear to try to get the officers to do something so therefore you feel justified when you react kind of and so I don't know I don't know what's true I wasn't there I don't so I can't really speak to that part of it um have you heard of the balance theory no. Okay. It's because it's something I made up, so I'm sure you haven't heard of it. <laughs> but it's kind of, it's almost like you kind of need, you kind of need a little bit of people on both sides. You mm-hmm. kind of need some people, you know, that's that's kind of what Martin Luther King and Malcolm X kind of was in a way. I don't. People you know. on opposite sides of the spectrum. Right. You mm-hmm. kind of need a balance. You kind of need people who can take a rational approach. Mm-hmm 
and be civilized, mm-hmm. but you also need people that's willing to shake things up Absolutely. If, if need be. I think that balance is, is necessary. Um, it's just a matter of how far you go with that. You know right. what I mean? And I think that that is a conversation that we can apply to other areas of our lives. I was actually um, recently having a conversation with a friend of mine and talking about visionaries, you know, and we need visionaries. We need someone to dream up the vision. We need someone to be able to articulate what that vision is and have passion about having it come to fruition. But a lot of visionaries aren't the worker bees. And you need your worker bees to actually go behind the scenes, help organize, help put it together, help facilitate it. And so the same is true here. We absolutely need people to have that fire to say, hey, I'm going to get out here. I'm going to march. We're going to protest. But I'm also not going to ignore our militants that we need. Like sometimes that kumbaya approach that's not enough and so we need to embrace those people who say hey by any means necessary we're gonna go out here and get it like and i'm not going to ridicule someone for being on either side of the spectrum because i'm not like so my my prayer is that we can all find where we fit in this lane to help carry this mission out which is really to input police brutality and to you know show our country that black lives do matter and so where do we all fit in that and how do we appreciate and embrace each other's roles in that mission right yeah and that's why i was saying i didn't really want to get into judging either side of it because i feel like each side has their place absolutely um like if we be if we be real like because I, I understand on the radical side of it, it's like these peaceful protests and aren't working. But they have its place. They are relevant. They are important. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because if he, if without the protest, without the up, the initial uproar with the social media and all of that, and the, like, I'm not even sure if the officer, and I believe his name is Derek Chavin. I want to say the names. I don't know if I said the last name correctly, but... <clears throat> We'll just call him Officer Derek. Um, like, and it's unfortunate because we've seen this happen before. Like, without the uproar, and I'm not talking about the, I'm not talking about the riot. I'm just talking about just the attention, the social media attention, the crying outs, the protesting. Like that, like that doesn't. Without that part of it, like, so the officer was recently arrested. Right. You know, and he was initially fired. That's all that happened. Right. He was just fired. Right, and and so this is why this part of it, at least this part of it initially, is still important. Because if nobody said nothing when this took place, he might have gotten a little administrative leave, wait till things blow over, then he would have been back under the radar. Like, we've seen this happen with officers before. Yeah. Um, so we need the initial uproar to bring attention to light and to put pressure to do more than just have somebody lose a job. Like, I believe the uproar actually led to them saying, okay, we need to make an arrest here because it's not going to sit right with people if, if nothing is done, okay? So I get, so that's not irrelevant. Like, that part is still necessary. But then we get to the next level of it is, is it actually going to revol- result in the conviction? Is it is something really going to come of it? And we've seen too many times where these officers get slaps on the wrist or get away with it. And I understand on the radical side of it where you could just get tired of the same old, same old. It seemed like they just doing this to just kind of shut us up, you know, mm-hmm. and then 
slap on the wrist and moving. So I understand the next level extreme. It's just to what point are we being productive with our actions? Because what I will say about what I can say about the people who are actually doing, you know, the rioting part of it is it is getting more uh, national media. If this was just completely peaceful and, you know, we would just use locked arms all across the nation, it'll get national news, it'll get talked about, but it'll be like, oh, how cute. Right, and I feel like I am I am angry. You know, like when we discussed this and we woke up, I was angry. Like I couldn't even put my words together. Um, you get flooded with a lot of different emotions and thoughts. Um, and it's hard to really say where that anger should go. What should I do with these feelings that I'm having? Okay, so I, I get that. And I understand it's like, okay, well, let, let's protest. Okay, well, we've been doing that. Okay, let's just keep it real, real and funky here. Mm-hmm. People have tried to peacefully protest. And I agree, it would have got media coverage, but it wouldn't have been the coverage that we needed to facilitate change. How right. long has Callan Kaepernick right. protested peacefully and it was distorted and the message was changed to fit some ridiculous narrative as if he was anti-military or something like that. And so I think a lot of people who are on that opposite side of the spectrum and saying, I'm done talking, I'm done marching, it's time to tear some stuff up, is because I have been a part of or I have seen other people peacefully protest and nothing is happening. Or you twist their message to make it fit some ridiculous thing that isn't even true. So why am I going to keep trying this route? This is not working for you. But we could also say the same thing with the rioting. We've tried that. We've done this. Mm-hmm. We've, we've been here just a few short years ago. All right. That's the other part of it, though, because you say, what's changed? Well, we you just nailed it. You just nailed it at the very end. We've seen the rioting side pro- form of protesting, Absolutely. too. And it's the same result. And so that's why I'm wondering... At what point, because, and you mentioned it with Colin Kaepernick, where the narrative starts to change. And that's what I'm ultimately afraid of with the rioting, is it starts to be less about what the cause is and more about, look at these wild people, they don't know how to act, Mm -hmm. blah, Mm -hmm. blah. And then uh, it starts to become coverage about this officer was hurt or this person was, you know, it it completely dilutes it. It completely dilutes the purpose and... And, yeah, and so it starts... But it's hard... It's hard to help somebody see that when they're angry and they're boiling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, think about the time that you were most angry. Mm-hmm. I've seen young kids be so angry about whatever the issue is. When someone is in a state of anger, the reasoning is gone. Mm-hmm. We're done. There's no talking. There's no calming us down. That's it. And so, I don't... The rioting is not a tactical, you know, approach. It's because of anger. And when you get people to a point of anger, there's nothing else that they can do. The problem is, what we need to do as a people, and I mean black people, people of color, is organize before we get to that. Like, let's use that anger. Because you can see it approaching. 
When I'm triggered, when I'm angered, let's use that to facilitate change in a strategic way. But the problem is we keep letting stuff stack and stack and stack and stack and stack. This isn't just about George Floyd. Mm -hmm. This has been going on. Just since we've been in this pandemic, there's been at least three murders, you know, of black people, innocent black people unjustly. So that they have gained me, I should say they have gained media coverage. I'm sure there have been many more than that, you know. So... It's, you know, the, the media, news outlets, reporters and things like that want to say that it's because of this recent incident. But it's not. It's because of years and years and years yeah. of oppression. And so when you get, when you break a person down so much mm-hmm. that they get to a level where they're angry, they're not seeing clearly, they're not hearing clearly. So whatever you're trying to say, we're done with, yeah. you know. And so this is why... Honestly, I feel anger also towards our black organizations that have been put in place to help combat these things, to help organize these things. We get to this place where we're like, yeah, rah, rah, rah. We're going to protest. We're going to do this. Okay, but where's the follow through? What are we doing after that? Because it's never stopping. It's not stopping. Like I said, we was here just a few short years ago. Look at what happened in Ferguson. Look at all these different things that have come up. And then somehow we're back here. That's why people are angry. That's yeah. why they mad. Let's take it back to all the way when we were kids. When the rioting was happening with in LA. Like, this is nothing new. Like, at what point are we going to say, okay, enough is enough. We can't keep doing this. Because, yeah, because the people who don't care are sitting back waiting for this for the dust to settle. Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all, y'all done tore everything up. All right, y'all mad. Okay, we're going to arrest them. Okay. Yeah, and... And I feel like the rioting is also a reflection of, you've already said it, like it's just they're back against the wall, they don't know what else to do, because that's how it kind of feels helplessness. Like, I don't know what the answer is. Like, I think that's part of the frustration. Like, yeah, we, you know, we put these organizations together and Black Lives Matter was like, there was a lot of stuff that was created to kind of help avoid these type of situations, but I don't how do I don't know how we go about it. like this is where I'm okay and comfortable with saying my you know me not being an expert in this field where I don't know where we go from here in terms of but I don't think any one person knows where we go from here and this right. is the issue in our black community because I'm not, I cannot say definitively what causes this. But we have an issue coming together collectively toward to carry out a mission or a goal. It's not impossible. There are many people that do it. There are many black people that do it. But we have to get to a place where we're okay saying, I do not know the answer. I'm going to get together with my brothers and sisters and we're going to put our heads together so we can figure something out. But sometimes we want to go into a situation knowing what to do and have that confidence and saying it. And even if we don't, we want to portray like we do. And I think it's okay to say, hey, I don't know the next step. I don't know where we go from here. But that's when you get your minds together and you have a meeting of the minds to say, what do we do collectively? But we have to come together. There are ton, tens of thousands of different nonprofit organizations at some point, we have to put our pride aside to one in our faces to be the front center of stuff and say, hey, we got a common interest. We need to come together and carry this thing out together. 
because I can't do it alone. Why do we need 15,000 different people trying to carry out a mission? There, There's a force in numbers. Right. I mean, do we not know that that's not what's happening? Like, Black Lives, Black Lives is not just a movement. Like, it's... It's absolutely organization. But what I'm saying is, this has to happen at a local level. Yes, there are different Black Lives Matter chapters all across the country. Mm-hmm. That's great. But there are also other organizations that are set out to do the exact same thing in different ways in different pockets of the country. Mm-hmm. We have to come together. Everybody has to quit trying to create their own initiative and bring it together so that we can be a force. Come together with a united voice and say, this is what we want. And people have tried to do this. Again, going back to Ferguson and the Mike Brown and all of that. There were different community organizations and churches and stuff that came together to try to make a collective voice. But we have to continue it. When things start to die down, just because the media isn't talking about it, we have to keep working. And we have to inform our people of what we're doing. If you're out there and you're doing something and you're doing work and you're going to Congress and you're trying to affect change and change policies and go and, you know, hold police and authorities accountable, that is great. Let people know what you're doing. So that we know who to contribute our money to and who to fund. So we know who to volunteer for. But if you're in the shadows doing this work and not making it public, in an era where being public is so easy, then we have a problem. We have to unite. It can't just be you out there fighting by yourself. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was well said. I just... I feel like they're. I feel like these organizations are doing a lot. I. I don't. But you saying I don't know what doing they're doing. Doing a lot is a long stretch. Okay. This mm-hmm. morning on my Facebook page, I called out the NAACP and Freedom Inc. Cause I'm tired of them. I'm tired of y'all. I'm tired of y'all. Freedom Inc. Y'all can stand out here in front of these polls when it's time to vote, handing me a card telling me who to vote for, even though some of the people you have on your sheet don't have the best interests of black people. But where are you now? Where are you at? Not just where are you now. Where are you when things get quiet and the dust settles? That's what I'm. A, that's what I need mm. to know. Yeah. I'm tired of this. We all in an uproar when something happens, and then when things get quiet, everybody goes ghost. It can't be that way. Again, here come the worker bees. Mm-hmm. We have to carry something out. Where are the continued measures? We cannot protest every day. Protests are absolutely needed, but what do we do when the protest ends? Yeah, no, that's fair. And I don't, again, I don't know what's been hap- what's happening behind the scenes. I don't know if there's still been work, because I just think the answer, like, it's not a simple solution. Like, I feel like the answer is is deep. This is deep rooted. This is this goes beyond. A simple meeting solution where we come up with a plan and implement it, and boom, mm-hmm. racism is gone. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I so I'm I'm not I'm not willing to go as far as saying that nothing has been done, but it feels like nothing has really been done because we're not seeing any improvement or. It's not uh, happening fast enough. And Let's I understand that. that. Let's uh, say that. Like right. there there is change. We don't want to make it out like things are completely the same. That's not true. Right. But they're not happening fast enough. We shouldn't still be dealing with things like this in 2020. It shouldn't still be a fear for black people 
to live in this country without being harmed simply because they were born a certain color. That shouldn't still be the case. Mm-hmm. And so there's, because you know, the racism is is layered. You know, there's different layers of racism, whether it's just you don't like somebody because of the color of their skin. Like, if you look up the definition of racism, it talks about one definition is not liking, not, you know, a prejudice towards a specific race. Towards a specific race. That's a prejudice. Or, if you look up the definition, it says, or, and then it goes into the superiority part of it, which is what we talk about when we talk about systematic racism. Absolutely. Right, so there's, there's different levels of it. And then, so I understand that the systematic part is more of a long game. That's more of a getting more of our own. And I feel like I feel like we've had improvements with getting people in the right positions to be able to make noise beyond. There have been some, but we have right. to continue. But we that. you know, we have we have a long ways to go. But it's more now in position than there ever was at any point in time. But that's not that's not enough like there's still clearly still more that needs to be done we need laws changed you know we need like it's so many different systematically that has to be changed and that's not going to be overnight in terms of the racism just in one person's heart how they feel towards and these people are also and i don't know i'm not speaking saying that i don't know racism played and what happened or not but it appears (laughs) but it appears that something I mean, I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm just being, I'm just trying to be responsible here. Um, So, but in terms of the racism in somebody's heart, like, I don't know how you make changes to that effect. I'm over that. Right. Right. I'm done with it. Right. You're done with it. But as long as there's still people in position of protection that are still harming us. But if we make the systematic changes that we need to make and we gather and create our own things and our own entities we don't have to deal with that anymore because you don't have a choice but to change i don't have a choice but to drown you out and so this is why people are like oh racism was gone and now it's more prevalent it's not true it was drowned out it wasn't appropriate to to show that you know now that you have a person that's in office that is open about it and gives the green light to do certain things now you see it more mm-hmm. now you see it recorded because we have social media and different things like this but this is nothing new it's not my job to change people's hearts that's mm-hmm. for god almighty to do i'm tired of that i am tired of trying to convince somebody that i'm human that my child is human that my husband's human and that we deserve respect i'm over that yeah. you have to take we have to take it at this point and this is what i mean by us coming together to do what we need to do. So if you make systematic changes where it makes it not okay for you to have these biases and for you to have these prejudices, you don't have a choice but to drown that out. It's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's a good point. Because that's what I was saying. Like, like, because I'm not interested in changing the person's heart. I'm interested in, like the term you don't have to like me but you have to respect me like i don't care if they don't like these officers or whatever view black people like as long as they're being treated like as long as they're not but that's what i'm saying that's a systematic issue that's a procedural issue because what should be happening is a better screening process so that we don't even have that's not a question 
Right. We don't even have people in our line of duty that we have to be concerned about that because we're screening you out from the top. Right, and that's but and and that's that would be a good approach. But screening does is not going to eliminate. What has to happen is, and again, I don't have all the answers. But what has to happen is there needs to be severe consequences for when these things take place because Absolutely. you because you're not going to be able to screen all these people out. People can talk a good game. You would never know they was racist or how they felt in their heart unless they unless until they run into a situation where it comes out. There's not. It's only so much screening you can do to but catch these individuals. Yeah, but there's ways to set up scenarios and question people about situations to see it. Somebody doesn't have to come out and say, yes, I'm a racist or no, I don't right. think black people right. are equal to me. Right. But you see it in the way they respond to certain situations. Right. If you have a situation, where, there's ways to screen that. So I'm not buying that. No, you may not be able to get everybody, but you'll be able but to screen what, out enough. So and, I'm not, and I'm, that combines with what you're saying is holding people accountable. Yes, that'll... I'm I'm not so I never said don't put a screening thing in place. I'm sure there is a some form of screening, but it needs to be whatever it is, it's not working, it needs to be done better or whatever that looks like. So I'm not saying that that's not relevant. What I'm saying is it's not going to resolve the issue. No, I because agree. you're going to because you can get people who can fake it. Yeah, like you can get people who can tell you what you want to hear. Like it don't take a rocket scientist to be like when you question with a certain like oh yeah like when you become an officer you're you're sworn in to protect and serve all people Mm -hmm. like so they already come in with the mindset of whatever it is to talk the good game you know yes i'm all in it for protecting everybody and treating everybody equal i'm not saying the screen they won't be relevant because you could maybe weave out some of the people i'm just saying that once that's in place and you still get these people who think of black lives lesser than mm-hmm. that's still in these position of power and protection. How do you get them to stay in line and not to do the stand on people's and sitting on people's necks and stuff? Like, how do you get like there has to be a there has to be something. And again, they have to be held accountable. I agree. That's, that's what but it comes it down to. It doesn't stop with just our police. It goes mm-hmm. into our government Mm -hmm. it goes into the people who are Mm -hmm. responsible for prosecuting Mm -hmm. offenders all of that and convicting them so that's what i'm saying like yes he was arrested great do i care no i want a conviction period like and so that's what we have to realize and understand like how we also impact these things we are voting for these people to be in office to represent us our councilmen our mayors our governors our prosecutors all of that our judges we have a say in that and so when we see that people don't have a good track record or we see that people's views and values don't align with what's best for our people in our community then we have a responsibility to get them out of office so that responsibility lies on us and so this is what i'm saying that it doesn't stop just at the protest we -hmm. have to keep this going we have to educate ourselves and i am a part of it right like I have a responsibility to research and see who I'm voting for, who yeah. we're putting in the office. And I have been victim to the, I have been responsible for not always going into the voting polls completely informed the way I should be. That's something that I have to be better at. We have to be better at. Right. And so that's why I'm saying these organizations and places and, you know, people that we have in places whose responsibility and mission that they have created for themselves to help the black community 
need to be charged with the responsibility of helping carry out the missions that they so-called said that they were going to do. NAACP, Freedom Inc. KC, you need to be out here helping to educate people on a daily basis about what's going on, about their governments, about what they're voting for, who they're voting for, and not just standing in front of a voting poll when you want somebody to be elected. Mm-hmm. And so, but and so, I'm glad because it felt like during this conversation, like we talked about, we keep talking about who needs to be held accountable and who needs to step up these communities and organizations that need to step up. But we still, but it was still having a hard time addressing what that looks like. And so I think you nailed one of the solutions, which is, or at least something that'll help, is voting. That is important. Absolutely. Because we have pe- to do better. So that's I'm, when I'm when we had these discussions. I'm looking for not who to blame. Obviously, we need to hold people accountable. Right. But also, like, what are we what talking about? Yeah. What are we talking about when we're talking about these people need to do more? You need to do. I hear it all the time. You need to do more. You need to do more. And now, but and it's I like, but we, what does that look like? We have to charge ourselves, right, and mm-hmm. each other. Like, right. even some of the conversations that I've been having with some of my friends, just talking about wrapping our minds around Monday mm-hmm. and going to work and how do you do that and how do you be in this space carrying this anger and things like that. It's a day-to-day thing. Like, we have to hold ourselves accountable and our counterparts accountable. And we need to be creating spaces where it's okay to share these things and have these different dialogues so that we can create some type of change. But it definitely starts with us. We definitely have to educate ourselves and do better. Again, going back to to the everyday thing, just being in spaces and not calling things out, not being educated about our rights about things. That yeah. all plays a part. I think, yeah, I think the the people said this, like, the most dangerous weapon is is the mind. A smart black person is the most dangerous, you know, per, you know, person in the world. Because it does start with us and educating ourselves because that's when we can really and truly invoke change. Like, when we talk, like, when I hear people talk about they not voting because it's, you know, it's... It's rigged they don't, or, yeah. Rigged or, you know, they don't believe in either the president's views. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Biden's got to earn my vote. I don't believe in Hillary Clinton, so I'm not voting for her or Trump or, you know. Like, but the ballots go beyond just presidency. Absolutely. Like, and that's just one vote at the end. Like, there's mm-hmm. so much judges, districts, like... Sheriffs. Uh, we're um, voting for these people. And, uh, exactly. And so it's hard to hear people vote. They won't, I mean, you know, yell, they won't change, but they're not doing anything themselves to change other than right. still their favorite pair of tennis shoes out of Foot Locker. Well, and that's my thing. Like, we have to put the accountability back on ourselves. And Absolutely. so that's when I say, like, I'm over trying to change people's prejudice and things like That's what I mean. Like, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. At this place, I'm trying to do what I need to do to make a change. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to educate my own self so I can make more conscious decisions and things like that for myself and my family. Right, And but I want to be careful about, because we can be over it, but that that cannot mean that we stop. Absolutely, I agree. You know, like, like, I'm tired of telling people that our lives matter, but I have, but I'm not going to stop reminding them. And so, it, it goes back to the roles, right? I absolutely need somebody to be in the front line saying Black Lives Matter. We need that. What I'm saying is I'm transitioning out of that role into something else. Now my, I feel like my role has become educating myself and educating my peers so that we can make more conscious decisions. You're right. But I believe 
I believe all these roles should be for everybody. I feel like everybody should be at like, I feel like whether you're transition or not, one of your roles absolutely should be educating yourself, whether you're on the front line saying Black Lives Matter right, or not. Right, but I, I think it's for a different reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm at, what I intend to do is be educate myself to organize mm-hmm. and strategize. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, I'm transitioning right, right, off right. the, I don't, I don't need to be up there no more because I'm tired of that. Mm-hmm. It's tiring me. And so before I say I'm washing my hands of this completely, then I need to shift into a different role. And so that role is continuing that education, but also doing it intentionally to educate my peers, strategize and organize. Right. So, and I feel that. So I I just wanted to be clear, like we still need to be yelling black lives matter because they do, but there needs to be more work behind what we're doing to make sure that these black lives are, are mattering. And because that is my role, because I'm saying that that's what I intend to do, it's not okay for me to criticize someone else who's not in the place that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I think just kind of going back to the debates that we're seeing on social media, it's a lot of criticism. Well, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. Mm-hmm. If that's what that person feels like, that is what's best for them to be protesting absolutely go ahead and do what you need to do but what i'm saying is we also need other people in other areas to help follow and carry this thing through absolutely. and so showing up in our workspaces and under and demanding respect in those places i think that people in leadership and manager roles and things like that need to understand that black people are just not okay right now we need space to to process our thoughts and process this anger right now and so having a a heart and a willingness to be understanding of that those are the daily things that we can be doing to help better and support each other right yeah no absolutely um and we've had i think you've ran into a situation where you've had maybe like a co-worker reach out to you about trying to understand racism more or how she should approach so one of my good friends has done a lot of work herself in just trying to understand racism and biases and understanding um, her white privilege. She had also saw a lot of debates going on around social media just about um, this whole thing about should black people be responsible for educating whites on racism. And so she reached out with not asking me what position I took, but just just trying to hear all of my thoughts around all of it um she is a person who herself has said hey i'm a white person with privilege i'm going to see how my white privilege impacts um you know this systemic racism and it impacts people around me and so i appreciated her just saying hey i just want your thoughts on this debate that's going on what do you think about people that are even posing this question so i can appreciate it's those dialogues that do have to happen you know, in order for us to, to kind of move things forward. And look, and look, a lot of major change that we've seen in history has come about when we've had white people also stand with us, stand with us you know, because right now, it, emotions are high right now. It's a lot of like pro-black. We don't need white people. We don't, you know, we don't need them a part of like, there's a lot of black people that are standing separate mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And I understand where that comes from. Absolutely. 
so I'm not here to judge those people, but what I am saying is a lot of the major changes we've seen in history has consisted of, because this country is made up of what, two thirds white, maybe a little less, but it's still majority, like most of our major changes in history has included white people stepping up, also making changes, uh, you know, educating themselves as well. You know, like, so I, so it's, to me, it's still relevant to have these conversations even with our white counterparts. I agree. I think we should still have these conversations. I think many people are just Cause they can tired help. of trying to convince others. No, and I so, hear you. And, but, but that's why, that's why I think that's important because black people get drowned out when we are yelling to the people who make these decisions at the top like they get tired of just hearing black people cry out and it's that's it hurts my heart just to even make say that sentence but for some but a lot of them listen when white people are involved as sad as that is a lot of people will say oh like this is now it's a problem now because like because you you've had businesses and i've seen this i even see this like in sports like you have these white-owned billionaire owners who aren't affected by their bottom line, at least not to to the extent when it's black people. Like, black people talked about they was going to stop watching football because of the Colin Kaepernick stuff and all that. And it's black, and they just kind of shrugged their shoulders. Like, as long as it ain't my white fan base, because that's who pays most of our bills. Mm-hmm. That's, who, that's where most of our revenues come from. Once they start stepping up, like, Ka- Kaepernick would have a job if white people was like was stood up and I'm not saying white people didn't stand up for Colin Kaepernick but we know the ratio on that we know the ratio on that if it was flipped Colin Kaepernick would have he would have been on a team a long time ago like this this wouldn't even be an issue so understand that it is like we do need I I hate to say need but we really would like some you know I mean like I said earlier there's a force with numbers so the more numbers that we have standing in solidarity and mm-hmm. fighting this fight with us, mm-hmm. the better. Great. Mm-hmm. But I understand the exhaustion that people feel from yeah. trying to get white people on board. It's no. tiring. No, it's tiring being in all white spaces and having to speak for all of black people. It is exhausting. And so what you are seeing now is people that are tired because they've been doing that. They're tired of trying to convince people. And so they've gone to a place of exhaustion and anger and they do not know what else to do. So we have to also understand our own power. And no, maybe we couldn't have if, you know, all black people stop watching the NFL. But those small steps that people take to say, hey, I'm not going to participate in this. No, you're not going to stifle my voice. We know someone right now who is having issues with their job because they're in a a media position where they have been stifled and say, you cannot even talk about this. Okay, so and then what do you do? Yeah, and that, oh man, that one is so interesting because there is a situation where... It's, it's that's a rough one because some of these jobs are trying to silence people and not get involved in all this mess and especially in sports these white owners just want people to stay out of it because it's against their bottom line and that's what a lot of these and that's kind of the root of a lot of these issues is people are just trying to protect protect their bottom line and so what I'm saying is when I'm talking about us coming together, we have to be responsible for our own people. 
So if my brother takes a stand and says, I am going to walk out of this job if you don't allow me to speak on what's impacting the people in our communities and our black people and how this is an issue, I'm quitting. It is our responsibility as a community to then uplift him, take care of him, and help support him for speaking on that. So things like that, we have to show our own solidarity together and take care of our own selves. You see what I'm saying? Because what happens is people say, well, I really need this job. I have to take care of my family. So let me just be quiet and try to, you know, pipe down with this anger and do what I need to do. And we all do it. Even if even if you're not in a um, working in some type of media outlet or public forum or things like that in our everyday walk you know like i'm sitting here thinking about my own co-workers and what their thoughts are and how we've already been dealing with covid and all the stuff regarding that and now you have that anger that's uprising because of this situation it's a lot to deal with understanding that we have to give people space so that means employers people aren't going to be that productive this week you gotta be okay with it yeah <laughs> no kidding. you gotta be okay with it to give people their space yeah yeah um that's just interesting because i know what you're with the situation that we know of part of the reason why they got that job was because they were supposed to be given the freedom that maybe their last position didn't quite give them in terms of being a voice right and so that would be and so if that's especially if that's talked about on the front end to try to like then try to silence it like that when some shit starts popping off then it's then like it's let like, me backpedal real quick okay yeah. now i told you that you would be able to say what you want to right. say but shit then got real so i need you right. to zip it up now come on dog and so then we have to that shouldn't be a question mm-hmm. he shouldn't have to worry about that yeah but that's Unfortunately, that's kind of the... So when we talk about also with our white people who talk mm-hmm. to who post on Facebook and say mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and who say they stand in solidarity with us, understanding what that looks like. Yes. That's going to look like sacrifice. That's going to yep. look like your pockets being hurt. Yep. That's going to look like you losing supporters for standing up and, and speaking out against what's right and what's wrong. Absolutely. So don't tell me... You care about me. Don't tell me you out here protesting Black Lives Matter and I'm standing with black people and all that if you're not willing to do it every single day. Because we do not get to take our blackness off. Yep. We have to continue to fight this fight. So if you stand it with me, you're saying you are willing to fight this fight no matter what the costs are. Yeah. And some and I think a lot of them kinda I think you nailed it. I think you said it perfectly that they don't know exactly what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I think they, because it goes beyond just the posting and stuff. I and mean, this, goes, this goes for black people too, because some people are just stuck on just making a status and making a post. And I did my part and yeah, I'm good. Exactly. And so this goes, so this goes beyond for, for black and white people that if you really, if this is something you truly believe in and not just t- shooting the shit with it, like like it takes action it takes sacrifice and so i'm just my i'm just prayerful that that we actually see some legit change from all of this because this this feels i don't know it feels a little different i don't know why maybe just i don't know why 
it does feel a maybe, little bit maybe more just different, optimism. but I don't know if that's individual. It may, it may just be optimism, but I'm feeling like it really... I feel like people was fed up with the Ferguson situation, too. And I don't want to say... Because I think Black Lives came from that. It was out it black was around the trayvon martin yeah and, uh, you know that's kind of what yeah, yeah yeah so mm-hmm. so stuff came out of that and i'm hoping more stuff come out of this like i just people want people want the results people want it fixed i think realistically i we just want to see the progress right. we just want to see that changes is being made that something has actually been done that something people actually give a damn and that means that we're going to have to be in the thick of it constantly. Yep. Not just when something happens and there's mm-hmm. an uproar. We have to always check back and see what's going on. We always have to go back to our organizations and our leaders that we put in place to say, okay, what's happening? It can't just be when a tragedy happens. We can't check in on these things when somebody dies. We have to stay consistent on it. We have to know what's going on. Yep. And so, and the last, so the last thing I just uh, kind of just want to, because it's, I mean, this is sparked so much stuff. Like we talked about how this is affecting people's jobs and how they move forward. Something also that we've kind of ran into is how do we, you know, talk to our kids about this? Yes. This is yeah. something that we literally had to kind of address this this morning ourselves. Yeah. You know, because we have an 11 year old whose room we raid for podcasts. But on a serious note, um, there's a lot going on, and there's some education has to be met. And I'm just like, how did you kind of have to? So, um, as many of you know, we have a whole little co-parenting tribe going on our child has four parents um obviously her biological mother and father and then two step parents so it's a she constantly Mm kind of hears a lot of different voices and bio dad can be a bit rough sometimes Mm -hmm. in his messaging (laughs) it comes from a very loving place and a place of um, protection Um, But because he has also himself experienced, you know, different forms of police brutality, he's very passionate about what's currently going on. And so um, it kind of startled her a little bit um, just because it is a little much. It's a a lot. And so my suggestion would be for all parents is just to kind of see where their children are and what levels they are at. Our 11 year old is she's not one that goes with the crowd like if there's a big uproar about something she's still back off in the cut she's not getting hyped up and excited just because you hyped up and excited she's one that you have to have small conversations with continually Mm -hmm. you know in in a very um calm manner i cannot this morning i was very angry that wasn't a time for me to talk to her about what's going on Mm -hmm. i have to process myself calm down talk to her ask her how she's feeling starting there i know for me i was the type of child that i like to watch the news and so that was an opportunity for my my mom and my grandparents to engage with me some kids are great with that my child is not she's not going to be moved by that she's not going to move because you say move Mm -hmm. she's not going to be angry because you say be angry Mm -hmm. she's one that you have to have conversations with so um you know, in my in my talking with her, I kind of brought up a situation that she um, dealt with some prejudices and things like that when she was out on a trip with her Girl Scout troop. And so being able to show her that 
bring up those emotions for her, how to talk to her, how she felt about that and recalling that situation and tying it back to what's currently going on and helping her understand where her father was and why he's so passionate and understanding that it wasn't about her. He's just trying to get a message across. And because he's so passionate, it comes off in a louder tone. It comes off a little Mm -hmm. bit more rough than how her and I are conversating. So, um, for some kids, that's great. I was the type of kid, somebody get rah-rah, I'm like, yeah, let's get rah-rah. Like, I'm fine with that, you know? So, meeting your kids where they're at and understanding how it needs to be broken down to them. But I would beg people to not talk to your children while you are in a state of anger. Even if it's not directed towards or them. Or whatever, whatever the emotion is. If it's, you can't be flooded yeah. with emotions. With You yeah. can't. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because I know our nature is to be like, let me clue my kids in to what's going on. And we should. But understanding the mindset that you need to be in, that they need to be in to even receive it. Because it's a lot. I can remember talking to her at five years old mm-hmm. about understanding how her efforts weren't the same as her white friends. And understanding and teaching her how she was going to be perceived by other people yeah. because of the skin color. You know, so it's a difficult conversation to have and it will bring up emotion. Yeah. But just understanding like how your kids receive things and using that in a way to help explain to them what's going on. Yeah, that's um, that was perfectly put. Like, yeah, just talk to your children. Um, this is a this is a teaching moment with everything that's Absolutely. going on. Because trust me, they're hearing it. They're saying it too. Absolutely. You know, this can't be swept under a rug. Don't try to, you know, just be transparent, open and honest with your child during this time. Most, I'm sure at least, I, most of y'all are doing that anyway. I know most of y'all, but I, I would caution y'all to watch kind of the approach when talking to them, like Nina said. Like, it's the, when the emotions are high, you know what I mean? Like, let's just, it can be scary for them. It can be. And it's, it's a, it's a scary lie. situation. But, again, what is that anger if we can't do anything with it? What mm-hmm. are those emotions if we can't mm-hmm. do anything with it? So, showing them, like, hey, yeah, we have these emotions, and this is what we're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. This is how we're going to... This is why we're volunteering with this organization. This is why we're going out and protesting. This is why mommy and daddy are taking time to study and doing... like, And this is why we're reading these things helping them to understand and help putting those pieces together for them. Yep, perfect. Yep. And I and I guarantee you'll they'll they'll get when taking that approach, they'll respond much better oh, to yeah. that. Cuz they know. know, they see it, yep, they experience yep, it. Yep. They know, they just need somebody to help show them what to do with those emotions that come up from it. Mm-hmm. So if we all hype them rah rah then they like, okay, well, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're just going to rah-rah. That's what it is, yeah. The emotions are there. They just don't know what to do with them because mm-hmm. they just learning this. This is all. This is a new world for a lot of these kids. So, you know, they just need to know what to do with them. So, yes, have those conversations with your kids. Um, this was, this conversation was really uh, needed. Absolutely. This was necessary. It I, was. Uh, I mean, to the point where we, you know, we usually drop on Tuesday. We was like, Nina was like, nah, bro. We, we gotta do it. This gotta drop ASAP. Today. Today. Like, literally interrupted our anniversary weekend to do this, but it was so necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so we definitely want to hear your feedback on this. We know it's a lot of dialogue going on on social media. Hit us up at We'll Be Right Black 
on our Facebook page. We want to comment with you guys. We want to have a conversation around all of this. What are your thoughts around everything? Yeah. We're also on Instagram at and Twitter at WBR Black. Um, continue to subscribe, listen to us. Right now we're on Spotify, Google Play, and Anchor. Yeah, I think we may be on Apple, so I don't have a iPhone, but we've been getting views from Apple Podcasts. So, check us out on Apple Podcasts. So if you got Apple, check it, you know, check and us out. And rate us on there too. So all right, all right. Well, uh, appreciate y'all listening, and of course, like always, we'll be right black. <laughs>